Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, we're back at the bar. We've bellied back up. The lights are on. Everything's open. The stools are down. It is time to get going here. We have bellied up with a beautiful woman, has graced the presence of all of us bearded wonders out here. She's joined us. She's going to tell us about women's empowerment, sexy after 50. She is a Toastmaster general. She has written two books. Most of us haven't read two books if it wasn't Dr. (laughs) Seuss, and she's going to bring it all in for us today. We have been graced with, and I'm not going to say her last name because I can't. It's got more (laughs) consonants than it does vowels, so I'm not even going to give it a shot of butchering that thing up, but we are joined here today by Miss Carrie V. (laughs) I want to take a bow. (laughs) You know, I I had to get you all set up, you know, get you get you go, going here. So uh, welcome, You're my dear. So How are you? I am so good now. So good now because we're here together. It's going to be awesome. I was listening to the music, man. I was just like backstage getting into that. That was That's awesome. Good jam. Yeah. But yeah. we're going to get into it. We're going to tell you guys about how Carrie and I met, uh, how we realized during the pre-show that um, we are the yin and yang of each other's shows. <laughs> That's a whole thing we just realized. But before we get going too far, as always, let's talk about the big board behind me, sticker and a cause. If you got something you believe in, something you you support, anything along, along those lines, uh, you send me the sticker. I'll put it up on the board. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, um, our Instagram even our email, they're all the above the bar podcast. You type that in, it's going to pop up with my beautiful mug. You guys can all link up there, send me a message and tell me, hey, what's your address? I want to send you this sticker for sticker and a cause. We'll throw it up, throw it up on the board uh, and read about it. You know, the more charitable, the more support you need, we'll be more than happy to because uh, that's the only way everybody's word gets out there. That's how it happens. Uh, also let's talk about our sponsor media by dibs. Uh, if you need your media to be sexy, make sure you contact media by dibs. Uh, he will go ahead, take a look at it. Oh, hold on. I just realized my mute. Okay. Google stop. I didn't realize my music started. I'm like, why do I hear outcast in the background? (laughs) I was like, Carrie's jamming out tonight. Oh yeah. Uh, I brought it. I brought the goods. (laughs) She brought all the good stuff with her, but, uh, Reach out to Media by Dibs if you mention it, uh, Media by Dibs, and you can find him on Facebook and uh, Instagram, Media by Dibs. Or if you log into uh, LinkedIn, look up Andrew Dibble, and you mention to him, hashtag belly up to the bar. Uh, he will go ahead and give you a 10% discount off of his first show, off of your first order, and he'll give you a free consultation, let you know, hey, how can he help you out? So all those things are done. The bar is open. Drinks are flowing. We're going to go from coffee and tea with Car- Carrie V that you see on the, on the screen to beards and bourbon with me. <laughs> and welcome, my dear. How are you? I am good. I'm excellent. Loving life. See, and, and Carrie like does, 
I, I want her to tell her, I can't wait for her to tell her story of how she got to this point. Cause I know Carrie like full of life adventurer. And I think it wasn't always that way. It was not, not and, even and close. We're going to get into that, but I wanted you all to, for those of you that are watching the visual right now, and I'll explain it to everyone who's not. If you were to look, Carrie records in the mornings, like <laughs> one, two o'clock. I record in the evenings. Carrie is coffee and tea. And I'm beer and bourbon. Carrie's back wall right now is painted white brick, very nice. And we've got the red brick. <laughs> She's got over the ears. I got in the ear headphones. We could, my, I got the beard. She doesn't. Well, thankfully, she doesn't. Thankfully. But, uh, we have realized that, like, we are the yin and yang of each other's show. We got a little bit of vibe of each other's show, but we are definitely the yin and yang for each other's show. Yeah, we are. But, I want to carry. So, Carrie, let's get into it right away. I don't want to waste too much time. So, let's talk about how we get to where we are right now, today. This Carrie V that we all see, always smiling, happy, <laughs> great videos on TikTok and Twitter, YouTube, and all that. Where how do we get there? Boy, it's a journey, and I love this question because I feel like when we pick up these devices that we carry everywhere and we start scrolling through people's feeds, we see a highlight reel. We see all these great things and we wonder if, is there something wrong with me that my journey was so, so many valleys and so much pain and so many mistakes. And, and when you really dig deep, everybody's journey is peaks and valleys most people don't share the don't share the bad parts and those are the parts that are going to encourage us the most because it's what connects us it's it's what helps us realize that gosh there there really isn't any such thing as an overnight success an yeah. overnight success was 20 years in the making 10 years in the making it's just all that all that stuff so i grew up thinking that i was going to um be a a music teacher until I finished my music degree and realized how much I hated teaching music. <laughs> I love singing and I loved being involved in music. I did not love teaching it. So I ended up in corporate America and ended up eventually going for my MBA because a company told me they would pay for it. And I, I felt my word saying yes, why every, while every fiber in my body was saying, don't do this, don't do this. You hate this. You hate this but I did it. And I sat behind a desk feeling like I was in a prison. And at my last job, my desk really was set up where I had something in front of me and something on the side of me so that the only way into my desk was to walk into this little tiny cubby thing. I literally kind of put myself into a prison every day. And I lived wow. this one dimensional life where I was very negative I got very, I got to the point where almost everything I said was negative. And I asked my husband one night, am I, am I really negative now? And he was, and he said, uh, yeah, you are. You're definitely not the person I married. It was just, it, it was like he stuck a knife in my heart, but I'm the one that put the knife in his hand. I mean, I asked the question. Right here, push this, push this in. Ow, it hurts. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And I knew that something had to change and about the same time, my brother, my oldest brother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And I just always had this vision of my two brothers and I sitting on a porch when we had grandchildren regaling the stories of our childhood, like my mom and dad did 
with their siblings, you know, and we would laugh about all their stories. And I just always thought that was going to be my life. And then Billy was diagnosed with this terminal cancer. And just before he died, literally a week to the day before he died, he took my hand and he said, you know, you are keeping yourself in a prison. You have all these gifts that you're leaving undone. And I want you to promise me before I die that you will spend the rest of your life pouring into the lives of others, helping them choose more life while they still have life to choose. And I promised him. I 100% promised him I would do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he was he was so amazing. He was he died when he was 48 and it was just he took a huge piece of my heart with him. And I I promised him, I made this promise to him Sean and then I didn't follow through. I didn't know how. I didn't know what to do. And not long after he died, I had a dream. In this dream, I walked into a restaurant. This gentleman was sitting with his back to me. I knew it was my brother. I knew it was him in this dream. And I kept trying to get his attention. I wanted him to talk to me. I wanted to invite him to our house for dinner. And he completely ignored me, no matter what I did. Wow. And I finally went and I stood in front of him and I demanded of him, Billy Berger, why won't you talk to me? I, I just want to invite you to our house for dinner. Gosh, I miss you. Where have you been? Why won't you talk to me? And in my dream, he looked up at me and he said, because I died. Don't you remember I died? I'm only here to give you a message. Life is short, little sister. Choose wisely. And I woke up knowing that no matter what, no matter what happened, it was time to make the steps to live the life I was truly called to live. And that first step was going to be fixing my attitude wow. to a more grateful person a more adventurous person. And it, it started the journey in, in 2010 and it hasn't all been, it hasn't not been a linear, linear climb, a lot of right. mistakes along the way. Yeah. That's Carrie. That's some powerful shit right there. <laughs> like Changed that's my life. That's seriously powerful stuff right there. Yeah. So, so now what year was all this? That was in, he died in 2010. So okay. that was all in 2010. I started to take, I joined Toastmasters. I started to learn how to be a better speaker, a better coach, how to write a book. But first I poured into me. I started reading every personal development book I could find on how to be my best self. That's hard. That is hard to oh, shift yeah. your thinking, to shift your attitude, to go from a one-dimensional person to living a three-dimensional life. And it's a journey. It is a journey that is a lot of work and really worth it. Yeah, like I can't even imagine what um, what that had to be like to go from one extreme to, to the other there. <laughs> like you said, you know, to go from just being out there, you know, as you said, miserable. Yeah. Uh, you know, didn't didn't have what what you you wanted in that aspect to nope. I'm like, cause I see Carrie like <laughs> zip lining in, uh, in Vegas and, and doing shit like that. Yeah. So, I mean, the Carrie I know does way, way, way different things to even hear. Like, I can't even imagine hearing somebody say that you were a negative person. Oh, I was so negative. Everything, everything in my life was horrible. Nothing, nothing mattered. Nothing I did mattered. 
why should I even bother going into going into work the next day? Who, it, it was it was bad. And I was bringing our kids down with me. You know, I mean, That's we have seven. Right my, my husband and I have seven kids. And, and it's just like I was bringing every one of them Ooh, down. You're a breeder like me. <laughs> I didn't realize we were both breeders like that. <laughs> yeah, Look at that. We're out there like let, letting it be known, breed. Woo. Yeah. And I want my wife to and I, we got eight amazing lives. Yeah. You have eight? Eight. Wow. We're, we're, you know, but well, she had four, I had three, and then we went half on one. So <laughs> I love it. That's you know. that's kind of our story. We just didn't get to that part. I had four. Yeah, he had three. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, we just went half on half on one. Then we got the grandkids and all that. So yeah. So but your journey, you know, like you said, you started living, but that's not like you're leaving out a pretty big. <laughs> it's like, coming. Like there's some things. Yeah. And, and, and folks, I know, you know, we, we said women's empowerment and I want you to check out Coffee and Tea with Carrie V. And we talked about those things. But before we get to it, and if you're watching the live and go and check out all the Carrie stuff. And if you can hear, hear Carrie, I think you already know the answer to the part. You're like, can women over 50 be sexy? Carrie's going to tell you about that also. She's going to tell you what about her pow pow shoes also. She <laughs> she jacked me all up one day when she was like, Sean, what's your pow pow shoes? And I was like, the hell are you talking about? Pow <laughs> <laughs> pow shoes? Is that like, is that my work boots? I whoop somebody's ass, you know, stomp a mud hole? What are we talking about? So so let's get it. So we decide we're, we're going to get pumped up. We're going to get empowered. We're, uh -huh. You are the Toastmaster General. And, and you even are leaving something out there. Like, you're not just in Toastmasters. No, I actually competed my very first year in Toastmasters. I competed. Well, tell and people what Toastmasters is because most people probably have no idea. Toastmasters is a group where we learn, we learn how to, to really improve on our speaking skills. And we learn how to take a 45 to an hour and a half long keynote and put it into a seven minute speech. So that if someone asks you to fill only seven, it's it's much harder to fill seven uh, to do a seven minute talk than an hour and a half, because if you can f an hour and a half, you have all this time to bring all this stuff in. Seven minutes is you bring all of that key information into a seven minute speech, and then we we give speeches every week and we get feedback on those speeches. It's very, I love it. I love to speak, so being a part of it was amazing. So, so this is people that are not afraid of public speaking in this, any way. This is actually people who very are very afraid of public speaking. It is to learn how to get up in front of a crowd and deliver a speech. Okay. So most people that come into Toastmasters are not speakers at all. See, I would think yeah. it was just the opposite, like like people trying to trying to show off their uh, speaking skills. <laughs> no, it's really learning how to improve on skills or a lot of times employers will send someone to Toastmasters so that they can learn to speak in front of a crowd if they're doing a, a presentation to their teammates and they want them to know how to be able to deliver that speech. So that's what Toastmasters is. And they do a huge competition every year. So my first year in, I decided to go for it and see how far I could get. And I went all the way to the semifinals in first place the whole way. So I was I was really honored to be a part of that whole. And the, it was all like during the lockdown that started live and then the world closed. Yes. The world shut down. The world shut down and, and it and went you were, virtual. And you were giving it a toast. <laughs> yeah. And, and you held the toast for. Now, yeah. so so you get into all these things, but, yeah. but let I want to get back to. 
So you're now you're up, you're moving, no more piss poor attitude, yeah. none of those things. But something goes on here. Yeah. Um, so I talked about uh, competing in Toastmasters and people will ask me, well, how come you didn't compete the next year? That's an answer to what you are talking about. So from December 2020 to December 2021, in that 12-month period, I was diagnosed with the same cancer that took my brother, went into the hospital to have half my colon removed, came home with COVID, found out that I also had a genetic disorder called Lynch syndrome, which if you want to read a, um, a novel, like a a horror novel, look up what Lynch syndrome is sometime. It's very scary. And finding out I had that was, was shattering to me, knowing my brother also probably had it, then was diagnosed with skin cancer. I then had my mother in tested, had her tested for Lynch syndrome. She tested positive, got her in for a colonoscopy. She was diagnosed with cancer on May 3rd, died in my arms on May 19th. Uh, then got, I then got COVID again. In November, I broke my arm and December was in for another major cancer surgery. That was a 12-month time period. And I felt like my life was going to end. I just, I felt, Sean, like every time I came up for breath, somebody took me and shoved me back under the water again. And I couldn't, I couldn't fill my lungs for anything in me. Life just felt like, like it was out to get me. I'm going to promise you folks, I think Carrie and I met... November? Yeah. I knew Yeah, just before I broke my arm. <laughs> I knew none like but she didn't she didn't enter a room as that person. Carrie never entered a room as that person. She was always positive, push, you know, doing what she said she was going to do. I'm not going to be an ass. I'm not going to be nasty to people. She entered a room as this positive person. Carrie, I had no idea. I knew I knew about the cancer. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about and I knew about the broken arm, obviously, yeah. but I didn't know the other things that were stacked on that. Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to all that, and you're like you said, push down, push down, push down. How do you tell people like, and I don't want to say well, freaking get over it. Yeah. But what is, what is your get over it to, to move forward process? Yes. So there's an old saying that the time to ask for a map is not when you're lost in the woods. Yeah, it's, that could make sense. It's before you. And if get... you're a man, we just don't ask. Fuck that. Yeah, I know where right. I'm going. I know where I'm going. That's bullshit. GPS don't know what it's talking about. That's exactly what my husband would say. Siri, Do you Siri, want to... to... Siri told me to turn left. Siri, I'm going up a block. I know better. <laughs> okay, well, let's just go back to the analogy. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I love it because my husband says the same thing. Honey, do you want to stop and ask for directions? I could find it myself. You know, find that shit myself. Oh, crazy Aunt Rose is here. Yay. Hi, Aunt Rose. And then, uh, <laughs> Nate, yes, Nate, we, Carrie and I are exact opposites. So, so let go back into it. I, I didn't okay. mean to. So, what's, what's your get over it? So, yeah. So, so getting over it started in 2010 when I started reading all those personal development books. As I filled my cup, I realized that I was building stamina and strength for if life ever started handing me things. I'm not the only person who's ever gone through a season like that. There are many, many people who feel like life has just keeps pushing them down and they can't catch a break. 
but I've never looked at GPS don't know shit. That's great. <laughs> um, I have never been someone who, who says, well, now I can't catch a break because that just sets you up for this negative thing. So getting over it and I'll use quotes because, because you're right. I would never sell to tell to tell right. someone just get over it because hey, you don't, but <laughs> And <laughs> get over your cancer and your entire yeah. family and all this other. Just get over it. Like, like really? Eat shit. But you can choose to be happy and you can choose to find joy. And you can, this was a lesson my dad always taught me, even in the midst of like standing at my brother's casket. This was my dad's eldest son, his junior, his namesake. And my dad still brought pockets of fun and joy into that whole situation as he helped us remember funny memories. And I just always remembered that. And so even as, as 2021 progressed and I just, and I felt like, I mean, I would have taken the pandemic back any second for what I was enduring in 2021 and, you know, like the start of the pandemic. And yet I just kept telling myself, if you woke up today, then you still have purpose. There is still a reason for you to be alive. So get out there and live today. And if you're not alive tomorrow morning, then your time was up. That was how I got over it. <laughs> you're getting lots of like applause today. Thank you. To, like the applause button might get broken, but that's awesome. You know, it, that is a great, um, I have no idea who the guy is. I always watch his videos when they pop up. He's like a, uh, a guru, like an Indian guru. Mm -hmm. He's got like really long hair. And it's funny. You said you chose happiness. And he kind of says that he goes, you make that choice. Yeah. You can choose to be angry. You can choose to be sad. Yes. Why wouldn't you, if you like to feel happy, why wouldn't you choose happiness? Yes. Because a lot of people like to play the victim. So if that you like to play the victim, you're not going to choose happiness. Why would you? Right. It right. makes you feel good. Yeah. Oh, God, come save me. Yes. I love people that want to be saved because they really don't want to be saved. They no, just they want, to they want to drown you. It, it's the uh, it, it's like when they if you ever learn rescue swims, you know, there's the one where the person's out there and they're they're flailing and they finally relax as you get close enough to help them. Yeah. And as you get close enough to help them, they leap on you because they want you to drown because that saves them. Oh, yes. It, it, you know, they, they don't, they, in their mind, they would say, oh, I didn't mean to drown that person, but they still leaped on you. Yes. And that pushed you down and raised them up. And it's the same thing you're talking about here. Yeah. Don't let somebody else push your happiness down. Yes. To raise theirs up. Yes. Yes. That is, that is one of the main things that I, when I work with women and I work, I work a lot with women over 50 who just feel like they're invisible to the world because too much of society, women over 50 are done or used up. Well, well answer that for me because, yeah. you know, my best friend and I were talking about this before him and he's beforehand. And he said, who says that women over 50 aren't sexy? I said, man, I know a lot of beautiful women over 50. They're very sexy women over 50, but I think a lot of Hollywood TV movies the things we're presented with says that nah she can only be relevant if she's playing the the, the madam role yes he might have been sexy at one point in time yes maybe or 
it's got to be so far on the opposite end that it's got to be the over sexualized yes. over 50 woman. Yes. And we were talking about that. So, so how do you approach that with, a? am very curious of this. Yeah. How do you approach that with a woman that says, I'm 50, I got grandkids, you know, I'm not sexy no more. Yeah. You know, nobody looks at me like that. Cause I promise you her husband as a husband still married, still looks at her. And it's like the movie uh, with Jack Black. I can't think of it where he hits his head and all of a sudden he doesn't see people for their features. He sees them for the inside person. Mm. And I promise you, ladies, if your man is still with you, he's looking at you. He doesn't see the 50-year-old version. He yeah. still sees the 25-year-old version yeah. that he was chasing around. I promise you. Yes, that is so true. And that is one of the things I bring up. And there, <laughs> Nathan, that was a good comment. I will um, push your happiness down <laughs> next fantasy football season. <laughs> um, a lot of women, when I work with them, a lot, a lot of them are out of relationships now. And they just feel like there is no place for them anymore. And we are told very subtly sometimes by society that we are to act, speak, dress, and think and show up in life a certain way. It's why there are women's sections in a lot of stores. And if you ever go to the clothes in the women's section, there's nothing sexy about them. There's t-shirts with cats embroidered across the front and <laughs> pants with elastic this wide that stop at your ankle. Like, and, and they're, they're not nice fabric. They're just they they look like an old lady should wear them and i will never wear them because i don't ever intend to ever be old and when i'm working with women i say listen aging is inevitable aging is a beautiful gift that my brother would have loved to have had aging is a gorgeous gift anti-aging is a farce it you can't i don't care how much against you are getting older you are going to age that does not mean you have to get old. Aging is inevitable, but old is a state of mind. Yes. You can choose that. And that's where we start. And, and sometimes I will have them take a camera into their closet. I'm like, show me what you got in there. Well, I, this doesn't fit me anymore. So I bought this just to hold me over till someday. What is someday? Someday does not exist. Get out there to a store, stay away from the women's section and buy something you love now and rock it. I don't care what number is in the tag. And if it bothers you, cut it out. Just cut the tag right out. Cause it doesn't freaking matter. You are not going to have the body of a 22 year old when you are 52, you are aging. And there are things that happen when you age physiologically. You, you're not going to turn back the clock. There is no anti-aging serum. You can look amazing at any age. You can look sexy at any age, but you're not going to look 22 when you're 52. I hate it when people say, oh, obviously I get fired up with this, Sean. <laughs> when people say 40 is the new 30, 50 is the new 40. No, 50 is 50 and 50 is beautiful. I'm 56. I will, people tell me. No, shut oh, the I, up. I am. And people will tell me all the time, you shouldn't go around telling people how old you are. Women, well, that's not nice for women to say how old they are. And I'm like, are you kidding? I've earned 56. I have earned every part of being 56. I'll and, take and, it. And, well, well, think about what you just told us all through the year of 55. Yeah. Like, if you didn't earn 56, 
You know what I mean? The year of right. 55, you earned every bit of that shit. Like, yes, I did. Like, that's one of those, like, guess what I earned? I got a badge for that shit. Yes, you I can did. save your Pokemon badge. Look at the shit I got. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's, that's right. amazing. I mean, you, you really do. You know, when you say it that way, the, the idea that stop being upset about what your age is yeah. and, and, and may, being that, well, I'm this, I have to be that. Stop yeah. doing that because you earn that number. We yes. all earn that number. We all want to get to there. You know, it's like the high score in the game. Yes. What's your high score? Yeah. That's all. I like that. Yeah. And you, I mean, you think of people like Betty White. She loved her life. She was 99, all nearly 100 years old when she died. And she never stopped being Betty White. She didn't care what a number on a, on a birthday card said. She could care less. I, th- you know? I think Scott's talking to you. <laughs> Did someone say beards? <laughs> Scott's here, folks. Scott's got hey, a, Scott. <laughs> Scott's got a two-foot-long beard. We love Scott. I see um, that. I love make it. Sure you, make sure you folks check out uh, Talking Beards Tuesdays 8. We'll go ahead and plug Scott for a minute, and then Scott will plug me, and then maybe I'll get – if I get like a tenth of his, his listeners, uh-huh. I'll be through the moon. But, <laughs> but, but that's great. So uh, – <laughs> look, he's such a goofball. Oh, hey, oh, you <laughs> pop right up like, hey, um, but so, so now you talk about helping women. You've got two books. Mm-hmm. What, what are, what are our two books? So, all right. The first one I wrote for me and I decided to share it with everybody else. It is, it's a 30 day guide to stepping into gratitude and shifting your attitude. That's it is. It is literally a journal 30 days. I walk you through how to be grateful. And so it will take things like um, a lot of times we complain about doing dishes, but if we just flip our attitude into the reason we have dirty dishes is because we have food to eat. <laughs> I'm trying to get out of the screen folks. It's not working right now. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to get out of the screen. My camera's too damn good. Yeah, to doing me. dishes. I did dishes before we came down. That's like a big thing at my house is like, who cooked dinner? I cooked dinner. I'm not doing dishes then. And my <laughs> wife, my, my kids get it. My kids are like, yeah, that's fine. Like dad yeah. cook, we do dishes. No big deal. My wife's like, that's bullshit. I don't care who cooked. Everybody can do dishes. I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> but nope. if you shift it just a little bit, Sean, to hit his beard is badass. It's true. Oh, I love that, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Scott says he's grateful for for our friendship. And I'm grateful for my friendship with Scott. And soon I'm going to make it to Austin. And we're going to go hang out in Austin. I got to figure out when I can do it. But my wife and I actually want to go down there this summer. Oh, you should go sooner than that. Because maybe I'll be in Austin during our cross-country trip coming up. I don't really know where we're ending up. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. So if you shift your attitude about those dirty dishes, though, then it's actually quite joyous to do them. Because the reason you're washing a dish is because you freaking had food to put on them. Yeah, no, right? you, that you that you're absolutely right. I washing never once in my is... life have I been like, "Fuck, this is great to do these dishes." Good yeah. thing I had some food to eat. Yeah. It's never crossed my mind. You're it, absolutely or, right. Or we complain about putting um, clothes away. We forget we we don't want to put the laundry away. Oh, I hate putting my laundry away. Really? Because you got clothes. More Say than one set. Mention that again for somebody else. It's not me. Trust me. Mention okay. that for somebody else. <laughs> okay. 
See, it's, it's a blessing to put clothes away. We need to be grateful that we have clothes to put away. We think about it, doing dishes, putting clothes away, taking stuff out of the dryer. This is a first world problem. Yes. 100%. 100%. And when we shift our focus, when we shift our focus, like somebody, I was talking with someone today about, do we, do we take this cross country trip with the state of the world right now? Do we, do we head out across the country? Is there going to be a gas shortage? And, and he looked at me and he said, you cannot stop living because of something you can't control. Number one. And he said, how has, how has things changed for you other than the, the fact that gas is more expensive? And I said, you know, actually my entire thought process has shifted again. When I, when I go, like I, I picked up a, a can yesterday of sparkling water and I went to open it and the tab didn't open quite right. And I had to actually take my fingernail and push the, the little opening down in the can, you know, cause it, cause it broke off. And I went to say something to my husband, like this stupid company. And then I realized, wait a minute, I just watched a kid run for his life because he got off a school bus and a bomb went off behind the bus. I have no right to be in any attitude, but joyous and grateful that our country is not at war and I'm not sitting on a bombed out part yeah. of my house. Yeah. I mean, you, you bring up a great point. As soon as you say, you know, grateful for what I've got, you know, yeah. how many people out there really don't take that into account? But it, yeah. I was having this, it, you bring up a great point. I just had this conversation at work the other day and uh, we were talking about the gas prices, you know, that's when everybody's mind right now. Um, and one of the guys was like, He's got a big truck. He's like, oh, I had to swipe my card twice because the local gas station made it stop at $100. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And I was like, man, I, I dropped the same kind of money. And then I stopped and I said, you guys do realize we're here in a conversational, jovial tone about dropping $100 for gas. When somebody else is sitting there going, $100 for gas, man, that filled my tank and put food on my table for a couple of weeks. So we guess we should be pretty happy about yeah. what the hell we, we can bitch about this first world problems. We can yes. bitch about this. So, I mean, you, you bring up a great point. I love it. First world problem. Uh, just remember that phrase. Remember that first world problem, first world problem, because we don't have any, we, honestly, we just don't. Right. In, in the grand scheme of in the grand scheme of things, you know, when, yeah. when you realize that none of most of us, unless you live in Flint, Michigan, which is a whole nother thing. But most of us, we can turn on the water and, you know, yes. get a glass of water. Never once think about what's in my tap. Yeah. It just doesn't cross our minds. Right. And think about how much we take for granted. That was the whole reason behind this book was helping people step into gratitude. When your electric goes off and you go into a room, you still flick the switch on because you're so used to it. We take it so mm -hmm. for granted that when we flick that switch, light's going to come on. And no, I, Absolutely. When, Right. When my kids were little, I, I took them into a third world country twice so they could see what it is to live in, a, in, a, in an environment that they were it was so foreign to them. It changed the way they viewed the world. I think everyone should do it. Honestly, I think everyone should go into a third world country at some point in their lives and, and get an attitude check and then make gratitude the foundation of your life. That's why I wrote that book, because I knew I needed help. And if I needed help, I couldn't have been the only one who needed it. Well, well, you don't even have to go to a third world country. You can go to a first world country that's not America. Yes, and, and you're right. And be eye open. I can still remember going to Italy in the '90s and being like, the "Fuck, am I at? Like, this is not. 
Yeah. This is not what I'm thinking of. And I, my wife and I, we like CBS Sunday mornings and, and Saturday. They did one where they were in some place in Italy that still does not have Wi-Fi, period. None. Wow. I, I mean, remember, this is a first world country and, you know, has fought in world wars. Yeah. Not these are like the, the one kid. He's like, yeah, I've got to climb up this hill, you know, 20, 30 minute walk and sit down in a field so I can get us get a signal on my cell phone to be able to do my, my college work because they were still remote. Wow. And that's a first world country. Wow. Think about that. Wow. We have so, I don't understand sometimes the people that I talk to who are so ungrateful, like the restaurant didn't have the flavor of tea. I wanted really, you can't right. put a tea bag in your purse and take it with you. You're, you're going <laughs> to, I don't just... put a tea bag in your purse. Don't do that. <laughs> Cause your husband's going to look at you and be like, where did you get that tea bag from? I do it all. I the brought time. it from the house. I do it. And he's all gonna be. And I guarantee you, your husband's like, "Fuck, she bring a tea bag." Yeah, this? he's like, "What's your going on?" Purse is like Mary Poppins' bag. That's what he tells me. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's sitting there going, "Like, why? Why did she? Why? Why are we pulling tea tea bags?" Because they might not have ginger tea there. <laughs> but <laughs> instead of complaining about it, just just solve the problem. Solve the problem. Yes. I, I used to have an old boss. He sucked, but he used to always say, "Uh." Don't come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. Solutions. Yes. Yeah. So now, now okay. I think that kind of feeds into your other book, though. Yes. Because so your other I, book really is some solutions. Yes. And it actually has those pow pow shoes right there. There's the pow pow shoes. There's the pow pow shoes. For those of you listening to the audio, they are bright red shoes with 50s, 60s style uh, pow with Zam on the side of them. Sparkles. If you ever listen to Carrie's show, she will ask all of her guests what their pow pow shoes are. And these are something that you bring with you that empowers you to have the confidence in a conversation or something. It can be anything. Yeah, it can be anything. It can be anything. I had one a gentleman one time tell me his version of his pow pow shoes was his mom because oh. she just was so behind everything he did. It very much touched my heart as a mom to hear him say that. But yes, this book, The Radical Empowerment Method. I should say the title for those not seeing the video. It's getting off the sidelines of your life and stepping into your pal pal shoes, literally stepping into what makes you you and living a life of purpose. And in that book, we cover some gratitude, but we talk about happiness and joy, forgiveness and grief. We talk about how to change your path. How do you know if you want to change your path, how to go from living this one dimensional life that we're all taught to live? I mean, nobody, there is no college course that's, you know, live a fulfilling life one on one. There, we're not taught that. We're just taught to get through and work, retire, and die. Right. I mean, yep. that's basically what life is. And I don't get that. We have this short amount of time. I Enjoy say embrace it. it. The have radical empowerment it. method. Living a, a life of, of not just empowerment, but radical. Above the top. The above the bar, get above, above the, bar. the bar. Yes, the above the bar, like the above the saying. bar, not get, under the, the bar, above. get way get above the above the bar. Yes, <laughs> you know. So, and my, so, so my cousin, this is this is what this is. I was thinking about this today, and I just I think it's brilliant. So I'm going to share it. So uh, not to toot my own horn, but sometimes things come in my head. I'm like, that's good. That's good. My cousin runs marathons, and. 
she will sometimes call me and say, Hey, like, like this last one was in Las Vegas. Do you want to come to Las Vegas and run a 5k with me? And of course, you know, since I've had cancer, everything is like, yeah, actually I do. Let's just do all the things. I'm going to do it all. Whatever you, yes. Yes. I will go Superman style sky, you know, like zip lining 11 stories up and five blocks down Fremont street. Of course I'll do that. I was terrified. Anyway, she asked me to run this race. Linda is an avid runner. And before every race, the night before, she lays absolutely everything out on the floor. And then she takes her cell phone and she takes a picture from above it. And it's her entire outfit without her in it. And she calls it Flat Linda. And apparently this is a big thing in the running in the running section. Everybody does this. And they share their pre-race picture of the flat version of themselves. And I was thinking about that today that most people live their entire lives as the flat version of themselves. It's them laid just, just the stuff laid out on the floor, but there's no substance in that. So that, that is absolutely Ray. What's up, brother, man. He now Ray, Ray is a great example of the things you're talking about. I, I'm going to toot Ray's horn okay. for him. Um, he's another Marine was in the Marine Corps uh, back in the Vietnam era. A very good friend of mine. Uh, we call his mom the sergeant major. She's in her 90s. Uh, she's a little tiny Italian lady. Oh, she's phenomenal. We love I her. I love it. We call her the sergeant major. Um, but Ray's an example of that. The Ray I knew when we first met was a Ray that was going to, at the snap of a finger, lose his temper, um, grew up in Philadelphia, had no problems with throwing hands with people, very, mm -hmm. you know, very, you know, for stereotypical reasons, I'll say very like Italian temper. Yes. He had that. Ray had some things go on in his life. And Ray is as cool as the other side of the pillow now. And he's the kind of guy he tells me all the time. He's like, Murph, I don't I don't have time. Well, he calls me Gunny still. He goes, Gunny, I ain't got time for that. Yeah. I don't have time to be that upset. I don't have time to deal with those things. It's just not not worth it. Yeah. Uh it's it's one of it's like very it's very interesting to to see, you know, what those things do in life. What yes. do you, how do you get people that now I want to kind of roll back here for, for a second. Yeah. How do you get people that haven't had these life tragedies and, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to be like, Oh, well is you, but I, I mean, let's call them what they are. They are life tragedies. Yes. Anybody would look at them. How do we get people before they've hit that tragedy to go and say, yeah, maybe I should start because right now I'm going to tell you right now when when somebody in their 20s says mm -hmm. to me, I'm going to live in a van, I'm going to drive across country, I'm not going to start working yet because I don't want to work till I die. And they start doing that. We're of the generation and I'm 45, so I'm on the backside of, of where you would be generational wise. Yeah. But we were told. Like I started working at 14. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have a good work ethic, you ain't shit. Yes. And and you need to work as soon as you can and you need to put money away and start saving for the future and all that. Does this other generation like and I love it when people call them lazy because it makes me laugh. I'm yeah. like, no, they're just outsmarting us right now. Yes, they um, are. How do you how do we get to that point or, or how can we get there without hitting that tragedy? Boy, I feel like there's two, I feel like there's two questions here. And it's interesting because I was just talking with this about some, to, to somebody about this too, how it used to be, and my own, my own dad said this, don't, you can't date him. Do you know how many jobs he's had? 
That was and a thing. It was a thing. And I, and I, but I found myself believing that. And so I wanted to, I wanted to marry someone who was going to stay with a company for 50 years, golden handcuffs, retire and die, because that's, that was what was revered. Oh yeah. And, right. I mean, totally, totally revered. And now Goal was to I'm be like, salary also. Oh, yo, you're a salary. I, yeah. I can still remember when my mother went from salary for all these years and they paid her hourly. Yeah. And she went, damn, I was missing out on all this overtime yeah. and all this extra money. Oh, yeah. Again, another corporate lie, folks. If oh. you can get a good enough hourly wage, trust me, they won't work you near as much because they'll be like, this bullshit. Yeah. Trust me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That salary thing's one of the biggest lies. And I'm sure it was started by <laughs> a very top oh, yeah. CEO somewhere because like, we're. Don't yeah. worry about it. You, if you work five hours today, you get paid the same as eight. Well, shit, that sounds great. Hey, we're going to need you for 10. Yeah. But, but yeah. I got, yeah, your salary, there's no hours on what you do. Right. Ain't you right. a bitch? Right. We're going to call you when you're in Hawaii on your dream vacation because your salary, oh, yeah, that's a big corporate lie. Okay. <laughs> that's like a whole show in and of itself. Like, it is. Just go in, in the corporate lies. Like, my new favorite one right now is when they tell you that you quit a job. And I will tell you right now, folks, you have never quit a job a day in your life. You never have. It's a corporate lie to make you feel bad about yeah. leaving. What you have done is you've left bosses and you've left cultures. Yes. That's what you've left. Yes. You didn't quit a job. You left a boss and you left a culture. Mm -hmm. Even if you say to me, hey, I couldn't get to that job any longer because it was 10 miles away from me and I didn't have a car. Well, you left a culture that wasn't conducive with you getting to work. There wasn't anything in place in the society yeah. you lived in that said, hey, we need to make sure people can get to work because people with money take care of their things and they're happier people. Yes. You left the culture. I didn't yeah. get off on that. That's a whole thing. I, I, I love that. I, I love that. Um, and I and I think that young people are waking up to the fact that life really is too short to stay in a job that you hate simply because you're supposed to. You're addicted to the money. Yeah. And so that's part of that question. I And you're right. They are outsmarting us. They are. I just don't think everyone needs to go to college or should. I don't think it is for everyone. I think that's another lie that we have believed. And then kids are graduating with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. And, and it's in something they don't, they never even liked. They did right. it because their parents said, or, or a guidance counselor said, or someone said, you should be a music teacher. <laughs> okay. I guess I will. Oh gosh, I really hate this. But I've, I've really just never been one to just stay where I hate forever. Like eventually something starts ticking in my head. Like I, Time to go. even going into entrepreneurship, I tried a lot of things before I ended up as I am a professional speaker. This is what I love doing. This is what I love doing. Being Get on stage. Talk. Yes. It, it just, ah, okay. The other part of the question, <laughs> how do you, how, you know, someone who hasn't been through all this, this is, this is very, very simply what I tell people is take my diagnosis, try it on, what look you at mean? yourself in the mirror and say the words you have cancer. Have someone call you on the phone and say you have cancer. Just borrow my diagnosis. Just go ahead and take it. Oh, okay. Like, take it. Go ahead and take it. Try it on. See how it feels. And then if you were told that you had cancer and Lynch syndrome, and by the way, since well, you have Lynch syndrome. What is Lynch? Syndrome, so okay. give, so give, like, give the Reader's Digest version of Lynch. Okay. Reader's Digest version. It is a missing gene. I'm missing the MLH1 gene in my genetic makeup. 
And it means that I am 90% more likely than the general population to have colon cancer, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer, skin cancer, brain cancer, bladder cancer for men, prostate cancer. And when those cancers do come, my body is unable to fight them off. Because you're missing that gene. Because it's missing the gene. It's, um, it, it floored me when I found out I had that. And, and how common it is, but most people don't know. 95% of the people walking around with it don't know they have it, but it affects one in 250 people. So that has become something that I speak on too. So is this and, something that we could simply just go to our doctor and be like, yeah. is it as simple as a blood test or are we getting into like? Spitting in a test tube. That's it. That, that simple. It's, it's that simple. It's that, it's that simple to, to have an entire gene panel done. So then I'm 50% more like I can, I am 50%. My kids have a 50% chance of having it. So they're being tested. My mother had it and two of her kids were sure my brother had it. Cause you will also develop these cancers early and colon cancer was what I had. I had a clean scan three years ago. This was, this was a routine scan. I've had them done since I was in my thirties because of the huge family history of cancer. And so I just went in and started getting screened. This was a screening colonoscopy. There wasn't even a polyp. He just took some, he just took some um, biopsies of the colon wall because of the family history. And that's another thing with, with Lynch syndrome. You don't need a polyp. It just starts right in your colon wall. No and it had shit. already spread all the way into my ascending colon in less than three years. Just, so just, yeah. So none of the normal stuff like, oh, we no. found a polyp. We're going to test it. Right. It's just there. It's just there. No symptoms, nothing. It was just like it to it totally floored me to hear those words. Do you know the the song, the old song by Tim McGraw? Um, where the song starts off with this man is in his early 40s and he goes to the doctor and the doctor tells him this news he has cancer and he's looking at the x-rays and he's, you know, just trying to think about what he's going to do. And his friend goes, my gosh, what do you do when you get that kind of news? And the friend says, I went skydiving. I climbed the Rocky Mountains. Oh, yes. I do know right? what you're talking about. That song. That's what I tell people. Go listen to that song and imagine you are that person being told you have, you're going to die. What are you going to do with it? Every day, every day, just imagine that this is your last day. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to live? If someone asked you to go zip lining 11 stories up over Fremont Street, what's your answer going to be? If you know you Red have black. This, right? <laughs> if you say, if you knew you had, let's say even a year, what would you fill it with? Would you keep being afraid to take the roller coaster ride? Do it. I mean, do it. I, I love that attitude. And and you hear it more and more now um, in my line of work. One of the things I see a lot more often, I was just talking to somebody about this. You've heard of the great resignation. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, the great resignation is people leaving jobs that they've had for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and most of them are leaving for work life balance. I, I mm -hmm. physically talked to about four people in the last two days. And when I said, hey, what do you need out of your next position? Work-life balance. I'm working 70 hours a week, and I'm in my late 40s, early 50s for a lot of them, and I'm working 70 hours. And when I say to my boss, please hire somebody else or, you know, can we change my schedule? They offer me more money. I don't care about that money. I can't spend it when I'm dead. Right. 
and I'm hearing this a lot, and it's interesting to hear this approach that most of us wait till we're almost dead yeah, to realize, hey, I need to go do this. I need to go do that. I need to be here. I need to be there. Yeah. Um, What's the, or is there a other side to this where you tell, have you ever had to tell someone like, hey, hold on, wait one second. Don't go, you, you, you've taken this train completely off a dirt road here. Like, come back. You can still live life, but you, you got bills to pay. Like, what do you, <laughs> like, hey, come back. Like, have you had to deal with anything like that before? Uh, honestly, no. I think maybe because I deal, I work with a lot of women who are, who have been so afraid to take chances that the, the, the opportunity of them getting to that space is just not happening. Gotcha. I do understand what you are saying and there, there is recklessness. However, I'm just going to put this out there. Put it who out are, there. Who are we to say you're not following your path? I mean, who decided what reckless is? Who decided what old is? Who decided what normal is? Who decided that that's the way life is supposed to be lived? I mean, I do want people to be responsible, but some people need to go through the irresponsibility to get to the responsible path. Everybody's path is different they can take the path that like, like I tell people all the time when see, my, my husband will say, I got to wash the car today and I got to do this. I'm like, honey, you don't have to do anything. You do not have, you don't have to pay taxes. You don't have to follow the laws. You don't have to do anything. Now there are consequences okay. to your choices, but you don't have to do anything. You get to choose what you do with your time, what you do with your money, what you do with your, you, you get to choose your choices have consequences. So when, when a woman will say to me, well, I'm just going to quit my job tomorrow. I will say, let's take a step back. Let's just talk about this a little bit. I want you to list out exactly what will happen when you quit your job. Because, because you're right. You don't have to go in there tomorrow, but there are consequences and you need to be prepared for the consequences either way. And right. I have women that still go in and quit. And there are some women that will say, okay, let's put together a six month plan. Can you help me with that? Like, that seems pretty wild. Like, so you've really had people like after like meeting with you and being like, fuck it. I'm quitting my yeah. job tomorrow. Yeah. I'm done. Yes. Like, and I'm curious, quit their job and then do what? And then, um, okay. So, so one of them wants to be a speaker. So that's what she okay. has been doing. Building everything up, reaching out to contacts, creating her own event. Her husband was 100% behind her, said, you know what? If you can do it in a year, we can, we'll be okay. And just some people don't have that option, but some people do. I, I did. I remember waking up and saying to my husband, I'm done. I am done going in there every day. And he said, quit. So I did. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, because we're very yin and yang, you and I. The other side to that coin, though, is what I'm hearing is, Support system, financial support on the other side. Yeah. Uh, what I'm not hearing is is somebody walking, having a conversation with you, and they are that woman you talked about that's 50, doesn't have anyone with them, mm -hmm. and going, I'm pulling the plug. I'm going to do my own thing. Have you had that also? Yeah. Yes. Oh, gosh. And she wasn't in her 50s yet, but this, this woman actually at the time had small children. And I remember talking to her and she called me and she goes, so guess where I am? I said, I'm hoping on lunch break. She goes, well, sort of, but I'm not going back. 
I left. And I won't use the word quit because I like what you said. She left yeah. the culture. That's what she did. And I said, what are you going to do now? She said, find someplace I like. And she did within two weeks. She just, it is a mindset of knowing what you're created for. And a, a lot of women, not all of them, but a lot of women in their 50s have a little bit to fall back on, even if they don't have a support system. They've got something or they'll sell a car or they'll, they're, if they are that desperate for change. And I have worked in, I have worked in corporate jobs that were like that, where going in one more day, I think I would have lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I have walked away from, it's not my first time. This was not my first time walking away from a culture. It was, it, it, it's interesting when you think about it as a culture. Yes. That, ch that changes the entire dynamic. It does. I walked away from a job. No, you didn't. You probably went to do that same work somewhere yes. else. Yes. What you walked away was from a culture that didn't fit your need. Yes. There's somebody there that it works for. Yes. You just aren't that person. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yes, I, I'm on both sides of the coin, Sean, because there are times where I, where I will say, let's give this, let's give this four months or three months or two months or whatever it is. And then you're going to turn and walk. And there's times, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a balancing act and every person is different. I don't want someone to say, to walk away and then not have money for food tomorrow. I would never, ever, ever recommend they do that. We can work on things before they leave and have something set up for them, some kind of change set up, but every situation is different. And I'm telling you, young people now, they, they kind of got, they kind of got it right. Yeah. They, they I mean, do. I mean, most of them, you know, I, we, we've all seen it. They, they just kind of, all right, I'm packing my shit. I'm just going to yeah. go do this or I'm going to work remote because I, I've, I've got that as an option. And, yes. You know, my employer lets me do that. So I'm just going to drive across country Yeah. where the rest of us, we've, we've created a life that we're beholden to the area we live in. Yes. And we have to stay here. We can't move around. It's, even, you know, my wife and I have talked about this and it's kind of that, you know, leaving a culture piece a little bit. But we've talked about like, hey, we want to move to here or, or even leaving the home we have now. And we're like, there's so much in here. Ugh. What do we do with it all? Right. How do we get rid of all this? And you start realizing, well, I've made this into my prison. Yes. It, oh my gosh, we really are so so paralyzed. Same conversation with my husband today, and yeah. I did a reels today where you know I we was in Florida last week. We come home to a foot of snow to be cleared. I saw that, and it's like I I just I'd like to leave. I'd like to leave. And and we were talking, and he said, I said, look, here's a house in Smithfield, North Carolina. It's absolutely beautiful. And he's like, Smithfield. It's beautiful there. It's beautiful. At least Smithfield the barbecue. Smithfield barbecue is is home there really you know smithfield barbecue i've heard of smithfield barbecue smithfield barbecue carolina style pulled pork sandwich is a pulled pork vinegar with uh coleslaw on it oh. and i'm gonna promise you maybe that's my pow pow because <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I feel so i feel so much better eating one <laughs> i can see it on your face Oh, oh <laughs> but I found style. this house there and I was like, Gabe, look at this house. This is, oh my gosh, we could do this. And he said, it's smaller than what we have now. What, what, what are we going to do with all the stuff? And I said, sell it. Do we yeah. need 4,000 square feet for two people? Right. 
you know? And he says, well, that's not it. Do we want 4,000 square feet for two people? I was like, well, that one's in North Carolina. Yeah, that's that's really the, the key to it. Yeah. I, I promise you, and I'm on all that's holy, I will be back in Jacksonville, North Carolina, Onslow County, um, before I die. That's yeah. where I'll live at. I know that. There's no doubt in my mind. It's one of those things that when I'm ready to go, and I we I do I love my home. I've got a lot of cool stuff here. Mm-hmm. I've built my man land. Um, <laughs> it, I've got my garlic garden outside. I've got all those things. But it's like I'm with you. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not staying here. Yes, it's like I've been temporarily in Binghamton for 32 years now. Where are you originally from? Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, oh, so- Mid Atlantic. That's why we speak. There it is. We figured it out. Another Mid-Atlantic girl with a Mid-Atlantic guy because I'm from Baltimore. <laughs> that explains all this shit. It does. Everything makes sense now. It does. We, it we, does. You know, when when you can say to somebody that Old Bay goes on everything. Old Bay goes on everything. Oh, my gosh. Who does not know that? Old Bay goes on everything, especially French fries. You know what I put it, you know what I put it on? I'm a food moment. Uh, if you ever buy the like the steam bags of corn. Uh-huh. Put a little bit of butter and put Old Bay on it, and it's like having Old Bay corn. Like when you used to, like I don't know if you did that with the corn on the cob. Oh yeah. Put the Old Bay. So I put it on the sweet corn, the, mm-hmm. the microwave bags, and my kids love it. Like my kids are Old Bay kids. Like yeah, my kids grew up eating that shit. So well, we did. We oh, did. My it. brother still lives down in Millsboro, down Lower Delaware. Oh yeah. No. Oh I, yeah. I, I, I know he where you're is, talking about. He is a redneck Southern boy. Yeah, that's like a weird, like there's definitely like the weird area of Delaware where you're like, you're definitely <laughs> like north of the, Ma- I mean, I don't know. Where does Delaware fall at with the Mason-Dixon? God, I don't even it's know. It's north of the Mason-Dixon. Because it because Pennsylvania is the, Pennsylvania-Maryland is the Mason-Dixon line. So yeah, I'm just trying to think where it's Delaware like, it's, at. It's right there. Yeah, like you could like, toss a throw, toss a, a stone kind bro, of thing. Nate. Old Bay on mac and cheese. Oh. Nate, Nate's from Baltimore area. Oh also. yeah, Old Bay on mac and cheese is. And glorious. and you don't buy those stinking little tiny things at Old Bay. They're the big Sam's Club oh. size. Yeah, I, I at one point in time we did have the uh, handles like like a straight up whiskey handle. <laughs> the handles of Old Bay around like because we were we were always steaming crabs and stuff like yeah. that. So you, so you get the handles oh, and make the seasoning crabs. up. Maryland oh, blue crabs. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's one of those things. That, so where we're at. So you'll appreciate this that now that both of us are stuck here in New York. <laughs> uh, we there's a place here in Albany where I can get blue crabs, and I got to give the guy a one week notice. And the last time I got them, it was two hundred and fifty dollars a bushel. Wow! I just want to put that in your mind for a minute. Oh the gosh. same crabs that I drive down to Maryland now. The gas nowadays probably costs yeah. me that much. Would be like. Hundred, hundred and a quarter at the most for a whole yeah. bushel, two fifty to have them brought to New York, and they're wow. coming out of, and they like they get them out of Boston somehow. Like the guys, uh, the guy's dealer, his <laughs> his dealers in Boston, but yeah, uh, I, I yeah. miss it. Uh, I know, I do too. Like Nate says, my favorite part of the show <laughs> is food talk. I will every show ends up that way. Because I can tell Carrie, like, if I'm out in Binghamton by where she's at, I go to Tully's. 
Oh, are you a Tully's fan? I am a Tully's fan because Tully's is next to the Marine Corps recruiting office. Yeah. Right by the college. So I used to go out there. uh, My buddy was the Marine recruiter out there and we would go next door to Tully's for uh, lunch and have, you know, a food lunch and a liquid lunch. Yeah. Um, (laughs) A little bit of liquid lunch never hurt anybody. No. (laughs) But we would do that all the time and go to Tully's. But I love Tully's. Tully's has got great bar food. Yeah, Tully's bar food is like top-notch bar food. It is. We used to have a Tully's in Baltimore. Really? In, uh, in Timonium. There was there was one in Timonium, uh-huh. Maryland. Uh, and every, That's another thing. If you live in Maryland, everything that I can drive to, even if it isn't in Baltimore County or Baltimore City, is Baltimore. Uh-huh. As long as I can drive to it. Yeah. And it's not – you haven't hit Frederick yet. Yes. Or you haven't gone downstate. If you hit Frederick or you hit head downstate – then it's not Baltimore anymore. Yeah. But pretty much like you're in parts of Har- Harford and Anne Arundel County. And you're like, yeah, it's like we're in Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore. People are like, I, I love it. I County. love that area. Love it. Love it. We spent a lot of time there way, way back in 2005 ish. Oh, pizza and obey. Oh, yes. We we spent a lot of time in Baltimore way back in the day in 2005 when my dad needed a kidney. And I was a perfect match for him. And they did it at Johns Hopkins University. So you gave your dad a kidney too? I did. Back in 2000. Yeah, you're bullshitting around trying to get some angel wings or something. <laughs> so we're done. <laughs> nobody wants to. Nobody is as perfect as Carrie V is. Oh, we're get, we're so giving out. For, we're I'm giving so out kidneys. So we're making people's me. lives better. We're surviving shit that would have crushed most of us. You can save this bullshit. Like, like <laughs> I don't give it. I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. I ain't buying. <laughs> but the point was, we did all these eateries in Baltimore because we were there so much for all the testing and the surgeries and the post stuff, and we got to know Baltimore well. And I love, I love, love, love it. Love there, it. There's like, there's like amazing re- like Tio Pepe's in Baltimore is as Mexican of a Mexican restaurant as you can get. That shit's right down, not far from Little Italy. And it's yeah. Tio Pepe's, and Tio Pepe's has probably been in that city since forever. I, I remember all my life people being like, hey, we're going to Tio Pepe's for really? like a fancy dinner, like when I was in high school. It's been around forever. It's just uh, one of those kind of places, you know, it where it's an institution. My mom actually worked for this, worked at this place called Acme Paper. It's like paper chemical supplies for like restaurants and schools and stuff. Well, the family's last name is Atman. Well, in Baltimore, the Atman's Deli is the oldest restaurant in, I think it's the oldest restaurant in the entire state of Maryland, uh-huh. is Atman's Deli in Baltimore City. And it's a Jewish deli. And it's amazing. Like, legit Jewish delicatessen. Not like, hey, we're a deli. and But, yep, now we're going to sell pe No, this is a true, legit Jewish deli. Atman's Deli is amazing. Wow. I'm going to have to go back there now. Oh, I can't wait. So where can we find, because we're getting off off topic here. (laughs) Because look, the fat kid that lives in my soul has gotten his moment out out in the sun. (laughs) Um, Where can we find the book? Yes. The books, both of them are on Amazon. So if you just go to Amazon and put my name in, Carrie, and the last name is Veracchio, V-E-R-R-O-C-C-H-I-O. Spell it again. V-E-R-R. O C C H I O. It sounds there. like it sounds like it should be sang by the people who did the uh uh 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. V e r r o c e c h i o o o o o. We can tell you it's the same thing. <laughs> or probably easier, you can go to coachcarryv.com. Just a V, no E E, coachcarryv.com, and you can get it right there. You don't even have to worry about spelling the last name. And where can we find the podcast? The podcast is Coffee and Tea with Carrie V on Apple and Spotify right now. And how often do you, are you doing those? Every week. We have a new Once episode a week. every week. Yeah. Did you already do this week's? Um, no, this week's actually is late. The My editors were a little behind, so it's coming up on Thursday, tomorrow. And who, who's, who's coming? I hope it's got to be after Mike, but it'll not be at the same time. So <laughs> so who, who do you have the, this week? Actually, this week was a solo episode. I'm talking, doing some episodes on aging right now and kind of taking the stage because I, my, my heart is so into this topic and helping women embrace who they are. Now, like you said, our husbands, my husband's always saying, honey, I, I don't see what you see. I don't see what you see. Every, like, I have a beautiful wife. I love my wife. We, and for those who didn't see it, we got new t-shirts. I love, I love your t-shirt. And, and it's, you know, the Irish is fuck t-shirt. And my, but my wife will say that sometimes she'll be like, oh, I'm this. And I'm that I'm like, and she goes, do, do you see it? I'm like, don't ask me. Cause I don't see the shit. Yeah. I, I'm blind. Like, you know, and I hate to say I'm blind to it. Cause then it sounds like I'm just being an ass and not paying attention to you, but it's more of, I see who I fell in love with. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Like this is a shell. This is not who we are. Who we are is way deep inside. This is just this is just what Carrie. It's like it's like the hermit crab, right? I mean, the hermit crab isn't the shell. It's just that's just the shell. And, and the, the hermit crab will change. outgrow that. Yeah, and they outgrow it. They do. So they do. We know where we can find Carrie. We know where we can see Carrie. Um, Carrie is on also on LinkedIn. Yes. Care, uh, so make sure you go and connect with her on LinkedIn. She's also on Instagram. So make sure you go find her on both of those those locations. If you follow me, follow Carrie. If you follow Carrie, make sure you follow me. Yes. You'll find a completely different show where you're like, who is this <laughs> jackass? Um, but make sure you, you know, share that love between both shows. Because, you know, Carrie and I talk sometimes, but it, we really do. We are. It, it is a very yin and yang. Yeah. Maybe at some point we'll do we should do a show together where we interview people together <sighs> because that would just be so different. People would be like, she's all well dressed. <laughs> she's look got her makeup on, and this jackass is in a t-shirt with his own face on there. Like, <laughs> who promotes their own self like this? He's wearing a shirt with his own face on it. And I you forget it. what he looked like. <laughs> and you'll have your nice tea, and I'll be over here in on burp. Drinking bourbon on bourbon. I'm on bourbon, folks. Um, <laughs> it'll be a blast. I can't wait. I think we should do it. We Let's should do definitely. It. Let's do we'll it. We'll have to find a couple of guests and we'll test it out. All right. Uh, and or maybe Carrie and I will just do something where we tell people about podcasting. Because I, you, how often do you get that question? How do I? How do you do that? All the time. All oh, the time. No. How hard was it? Were you scared? I didn't know a dang thing. I just bought a mic and started. Same. Yeah. And, and Carrie's show is way better produced than mine. Way better. <laughs> this I is going to end. Everything you've heard is this is what you're going to get, folks. And I'm going to like play the closer after the show's over. Carrie and I are going to talk for a couple of minutes. And then I'll schedule exact whatever you just heard. 
if there was a bad noise in the background because the cat was running around, that's what you're getting out of this show. <laughs> There's no, if I bumped the mic and you're like, what the hell is that noise? It sounds like he's like headbutting something. <laughs> I probably bumped the mic. You're getting all that. I love Carrie's it. Carrie's over here completely professional. It <laughs> hasn't hit a damn thing. And I'm all over here, Caddy Wampus. So, and thank you again, my dear. Carrie told me before the show, by eight o'clock, she's she's makeup off and PJ's on. Yeah. And and she hung with us all night after eight. I think her husband also was like, does this dude know like you just, this is fun (laughs) for you? Like this ain't legit. Um, (laughs) This is totally out of the ordinary. (laughs) Yeah. So thank thank him. We appreciate it. We we appreciate him let having you on here. I see. I almost said letting you, and then I'd have got yelled at. Ain't nobody letting Carrie do nothing. Uh, nobody puts baby in the corner. That's my favorite line. I, you knew that was coming. That's the way it just felt like nobody puts baby in the corner. Uh, so as we always do, and, and I'll say it one more time: if you're looking for Carrie, it's Carrie V E I M Carrie V on Instagram. Yes, and then it's. Uh, Carrie V E R R I C C O C C O O C C H I O. Yes. I can't tell you how many times I've spelled it this week and I was like, but that's <laughs> uh, you find her there on LinkedIn. Yeah. She's got her two books. One, if you're trying to figure out, you know, am I on this path? Do I need to change who I am? She's got her 30 day gratitude book. And what's the name of the other one? The Radical Empowerment Method. The radical empowerment method. You can read those. She'll do. She also does coaching. She'll talk to you about those kind of things. Uh, and look, women over fifty still sexy. Trust me, every man. I promise you. Don't don't look, ladies. Every one of you could be a cougar. There is some young man out there going like, "Yeah, I'm down." Yeah, it's I'm right. down. And you change his poor young life. Make but you what you do is you change his life and make him appreciate women better. Yeah. Cause he because you're probably gonna yell at about some shit and he's gonna feel like, damn, my mom just yelled at me. I gotta fix my shit. <laughs> That's and exactly. he'll be complete it'll be completely better after it's all over with. Yes. But at, now you can't go nowhere after the show. Okay. Because we gotta talk for a moment. Uh as always, the guest gets the last word. So, Miss Carrie V, what is the last word for tonight? It's going to be the phrase, my my trademark phrase now from my brother. Life is short, my friends. Choose wisely. Alrighty, folks. Be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation. Found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.